0: Welcome to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur's show with me, Brenda Hector. I'm a business growth specialist helping business owners to develop themselves and grow their businesses so they can achieve their goals and enjoy the lifestyle they dream of. I'm also on a mission to revolutionise the entrepreneurial landscape for women in business. In every podcast episode, I interview someone who has an inspiring story or some great advice for women aiming to start or scale their businesses. If you're new to the show, take a moment to subscribe and please check out the previous ones after listening to this. We've got an awesome community on Facebook, just search for Scale Her Up and join in. Today I'm delighted to welcome Claire Forbes to Scale Her Up, the podcast. Welcome Claire. thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for inviting me, I'm delighted to be here.
0: Tell tell us a bit about yourself and your business, your, your journey into entrepreneurship.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So I, entrepreneurship, I had to learn how to spell it first. (laughs) It's probably my biggest challenge. I, um, I, when I left school, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I took a year out and worked as a lifeguard and decided that was not for me because the early mornings were an absolute killer. So um, I decided after a long chat with my dad that I would go to university and I would work part-time for him, which would help with bills and things like that um, because I um, uh, dad helped me to buy a flat. So I went to university and I actually started at uh, Robert Gordon's uh, studying law and management. And in my second year, I had a, a small accident, shall we say, snowboarding, and broke my wrist. And I couldn't write. Robert Gordon's told me they would assist me with uh, my lectures, and every lecture that I attended, they would give me notes for. But when it actually came to it, they said that um, if we help you, we have to help all these students, and um, which I thought was a little unfair because not all students were in a cast with a broken wrist. And um, it turned out that they wouldn't give me notes at all. So um, all those lectures I had attended and signed in for and, you know, spoken to my lecturer and said, hi, I'm here, um, they wouldn't assist me with. So in the end, yeah, it it was really difficult, actually, because I think it was after eight weeks of being in a cast um, and eight weeks worth of lectures, you know, no notes. They said, um, well, we can give you a scribe for the exams. And I said, well, I'm out of a cast now, I can write again, and I have no notes to study from for the exams, so I'm not sure how much of a, an assistance a scribe's going to be. So in the end, I had to drop out of university because I couldn't sit those exams.
0: Oh, goodness. <laughs> i'm sorry to say that you're you're actually aging yourself by telling us that you needed to write notes when you were at university like when i was at university because uh, i know that um with all the online learning platforms and everything and the recording of lectures even before the pandemic hit, i I don't that that probably shouldn't be an issue for for students if that happens to them nowadays but yeah that's a yeah that's a real a real shame that yeah i think this was 50 laptops might even have been before the, the meteor took out
1: the dinosaurs, to be honest. It was, it was that long ago. <laughs> but it meant I could take another year out and I worked for dad again and had a, a change of direction. Went to Aberdeen University this time, repeated second year and started studying entrepreneurship. So that's really how I got into entrepreneurship. And um, I did my degree there and finally graduated. But I had essentially done four years, uh, but didn't do an honours degree in those four years because I'd had to repeat second year Um, and I'm not staying for a fifth year. That's
0: that's enough. So um, so yeah, so that's where I started out. So then when you graduated, did you go back to work with your dad or did you go and do something else? I did. I went to work for dad. I wasn't sure which direction to take. I didn't have
1: any entrepreneurial ideas so business at the time for dad was just through the roof and he said look i really need some help you know the business from scratch you've been here since i started you know with all the work you've done whilst at university um all i need to do is teach you the training courses and um you could be a big help so that's exactly what we did he taught me the training courses and uh, and off i went so tell us tell us then about the business what what do you, what is it that you do so uh we do emergency response and crisis management training and consultancy um primarily for the oil and gas and renewables industries uh, but also for manufacturing printing pharmaceuticals um, all sorts of industries really um, anywhere you could have an accident or incident yeah it's mostly training courses we also do on-call services um and uh, and yeah we are 26 years old this year so
0: we've been going for a little while and you've been there since since you left school
1: since i left school and even before that i was role playing before um when i was at school so every time there was an in-service day or during the school holidays then um if mum was working she would take me into the office and uh, and i could role play as well so which was great fun as a child sounds fantastic like and make-believe absolutely yes i'll be milkshake and a packet of crisps for my efforts
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh i wish somebody would give me a milkshake for my efforts (laughs) um how so i guess so uh, i'm aware now that your dad has stepped aside and you're you're now at, at the helm how's that transition been for you um it was
1: Quite difficult, actually. Um, Every year from when I joined the company, dad and I would sit down and have uh, a planning meeting. So from the time I went full-time, we we would sit down and essentially do a review and a planning meeting. And um, within three years of joining the company and working full-time, dad made me a director. And we started succession planning basically at that point. And, you know, we had a five-year plan, basically, to slowly increase my presence in the company. But the business was just so busy that we kind of kept delaying and delaying and delaying, which was actually really difficult from my point of view. It wasn't so difficult for dad because it kept increasing his pension, <laughs> which, you know, is great for his future. But it, it did, it started getting more difficult for me, but I suppose it, it came to the point for dad that that was it. He'd had enough of working all the crazy hours because it really was crazy for a while. And he said, okay, that's it. We, we really need to start considering this properly. And uh, I was kind of, thank goodness for that, you know, and we started looking at how to transition properly. So we made a decision to actually cease one company and create a new company in my name. So it was a very small change of name. We went from Response Consultants Limited to Response Consultants UK Limited. And you can just see what we did there, can't you? And it meant that I had a controlling share in the new company compared to dad having a controlling share in the old company. And we two paid over, our staff and um, change bank accounts and it was probably a little more hard work for ourselves but it meant that you know I started the company and uh, it made things a little easier in a a couple of other aspects for us and
0: dad is still a director um, but not a shareholder you know did it come to a point where he just ceased working how did that transition work for for him then stepping down
1: yeah i guess i
0: guess it's difficult for you stepping up but it's also difficult for him with a business that he started i i think yeah yes to then step away
1: um it was 2014 2015 we started to do this so we had essentially we had both companies actually running in parallel for a little while which was really difficult and quite confusing at times. But when we finally ceased trading with Response Consultants Limited, it um, became a little easier. And then round about that time was the uh, oil price crash. So we started getting a little quieter anyway, business started to drop off a little. And uh, 2015, business started to drop off a little bit more. And dad could slowly, stop his work and stop being um, the face of the company if you like and uh, stop doing training with our clients and leave everything that was front of house to me and start doing more in the background so he would just do the accounts the payroll um, invoicing things like that and um, it meant he didn't have to wear a suit or tie and you know he would still come into the office maybe a couple of days a week but he would put on his slippers when he arrived (laughs) And, you know, he was literally very comfortable and, um, you know, he never saw the clients. He'd maybe still chat to them on the phone, but normally they would ask for me now instead of asking for him. So it was almost a natural transition at that point, simply because of what happened in our main industry that we worked in. So it, it sort of made it a little bit easier there. And then when summertime came... I barely saw him because he was just in the garden the whole time and he just transitioned out as soon as the sun shone and when it was a rainy day he'd come back in and help out a little bit more so um so the weather helped us out a little bit there again
0: no it's i guess because you've you had been working towards that change for quite some time it may possibly made it easier for you a lot of businesses that i talk to struggle with that transition so you know, would would you have any advice for anyone that that's looking to looking to do that to, to for for one partner to step down and the other one to step up? Definitely, yeah. Plan it, plan it really, really well, and um. Yeah.
1: In emergency response, one of the things I always say when I'm talking is if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And I think that applies to absolutely everything in life, not just emergency response. And it's certainly planned for us, it certainly applied to us for succession planning. And, you know, we had planned it for a very long time and we took advantage of the situation, really, for our our working situation with the the slight drop off in business and then the weather. And it just helped us implement that plan that little bit more. And uh, Dad is still involved in the business. But mostly when he wants to be. Occasionally when I need him, he's still there as my sounding board. So if I have a new idea, I'll speak to him about it first. And occasionally he's immediately, no, I don't think that's a great idea, Claire. Or, ooh, that's interesting. Let's talk about that more. And, you know, so we bounce ideas off each other. And um, he proofreads everything for me. He's brilliant at that. Um, And I still send him things which he'll proofread. And, you know, so he is still involved, just to a much lesser degree. He doesn't do payroll, doesn't do accounts. Um, that's me now. So it's, um, he, he's he's still dropping off and he has a, an amazing social life now. But I think if he had just stopped everything, I think he'd probably be dead and buried. It would have given him a heart attack to have gone from such a, a busy working life to having nothing. So I,
0: I think the slow transition for him was just as important as it was for me. Good, good. And it sounds, sounds like you both handled it brilliantly, actually. So yeah, I will, be, uh, I will be referring clients and prospects that I'm talking to, to listen to this podcast, I think, because it's a great, mm-hmm. a great success for you. So to you then, as a, as a woman in business, what do you think have been your biggest challenges? I think I've been quite
1: lucky and that I am quite a bullish person. I am not one to sit quietly in the corner and let people talk over me. Um, I'm quite, uh, uh, yeah, I will stand up for myself and always have, as I'm sure my mom and dad will tell you, (laughs) which was quite a nuisance for them, I think, when I was a teenager. Um, So I, I think i've never seen being a woman as a disadvantage i've also never used it to my advantage i suppose but i've never seen it as a disadvantage um when i've been offshore i've often been the only woman and been treated very well as a result but um i've never seen it as being a disadvantage i remember doing a course at university called gendering violence And it was all about violence towards women, and it was very one-sided. And I remember thinking how terrible a course it was. And my finishing line in my exam essay was that we'd fought for years to be treated the same as men. Surely it was time to stand up and be counted the same as a man. And I think very much the same way. And for that reason, I often don't join women-only groups because I don't want to be seen as, oh, that feminist. And, you know, it's all about burning the bra and, you know, that kind of action. And because so many women's groups are often that way, you know, it's all about, I'm all for empowering women. That's absolutely wonderful. But I don't think we should be treated differently just because we are women. Yeah. Right, that's may maybe not the right thing right to say for this say podcast. podcast. Oh, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no,
0: no. If that was the case, the po- podcast wouldn't be needed. And that's what I'm aiming for is, you know, that we get we get to a point where, yeah, women are, are treated equally and the results that we achieve are equal as well. The challenge that, yeah, the situation that, caused me to start this is that the statistics show that one in three uk entrepreneurs are female and men Mm -hmm. are five times more likely to scale their business up to over a million than women and um yeah one of those reasons is the availability of mentors and role models and yeah you're here as a role model claire to lots of women to show that we can we can do this we can step up, start up and scale up our businesses to the same extent as men. So, yeah, and that attitude is what's helped to get you where you are. And that's, that's that's definitely something that needs to be shared. So, no, absolutely. Thank you. I've
1: never seen myself as being different because I'm a woman. I don't hold back because I'm a woman. It's I'm often the only female in meetings and training courses when I'm offshore. I, I don't let that stop me. It's it's not even in my mind to be honest, and I think that's probably why I have succeeded and progressed as far as I have. That's that's my opinion on it anyway. But I mean, I could be completely wrong. It's it has maybe lost me business, but I've never found that out. People maybe dislike me because I'm female. I have no idea. But in my mind. It has never held me back and I don't think I've been treated differently because of it.
0: Good. And I think if it has caused you to lose business, it's probably business you didn't want anyway. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Who would want to work with uh with somebody who had a problem with working with a woman? So yeah. 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 So yeah. is is it that attitude that you attribute your success or is there is there something else that you attribute to your success in business to? Um, I think I mean you've probably
1: realized that you know I'm I call it as I see it you know a spade is a spade and I think some of that is what could contribute to why I've been successful but I am also I make sure that I know what I need to know to conduct my business professionally and properly I would never turn up to a training course or meeting unprepared I always make sure I'm at the very least prepared for what I need to do, but I'm normally over prepared. I research everything to the nth degree. I I did my second degree to make sure that I am well aware of the legislation involved to for contracts and employment and commercial and so on and so forth for running your own business so that when I did take over from dad I knew. So for me it's preparation planning again. So for me, I see myself as a a specialist. I I know my subject material inside and out. And I think that's possibly why I'm successful uh, because I'm good at what I do and I have the experience and I have the knowledge. Um, I've been doing this for a long time now. uh, And I hope, I hope that's why I'm successful at what
0: I do. I love that. A great lesson there in um, the value of knowledge, I think which is something that's quite close to my heart as well, to do the research and and know your stuff. Yeah, so I I really like that. Um, I think so. I, I think knowledge is hugely
1: important, but I think also experience as well, you know, and I feel so sorry for these people who are job hunting just now, you know, and they're, Prospective employers are saying, but you need experience, and they're not getting a chance to get experience. It's one of the most difficult things. So, it's you can have knowledge, but no experience, and how do you get that experience? That's the difficult part.
0: And is that something that you, you, you do within uh, response consultants? So, you know, are you um, bringing on the the next generation of you know younger people, and or is it is it the experience? That's what Response Consultants is all about.
1: It's it's both, yeah. Um, we have done school placements before. Um, uh, we've uh, placed a couple of students um, with us uh, who have followed us around to training courses and exercises and things to give them some experience. We, experiences can be a really difficult one for us because experience um, of emergencies, you don't want companies to have an emergency. So getting the experience of attending an emergency, being involved in a call-out is really difficult because thankfully our clients don't have very many emergencies. But over, you know, my 16, 17 years of doing this, I have been involved in emergencies um, through some of my our clients that were on call to and some that we're not on call to as well. We've been asked to assist with. So I've been involved simply through time. So it's, experience is a difficult one. You've got to put in that time to get the experience. And, um, and time is, it's a difficult one to provide if someone's just asking for a quick snapshot, you know, and saying, okay, I'll do a week with you. You can't guarantee you're going to be called out for an emergency in that week,
0: it's difficult. Has there been, has there been a pivotal moment in your in your career and your business has there been something that's kind of where you can you can see where things things really changed around for you other than perhaps the retirement of your father (laughs) (laughs) a pivotal moment
1: i think the, the pivotal moment actually for me was probably delivering my first training course solo And um, because I had so much self-doubt actually before that. And it was, I had done many of the training courses with my dad there, making sure that I always provided the information at the correct times and had done everything. And it was a a relative response training course. And I had been a, a trained responder for six, seven years, I think, before that. So I certainly knew the theory and I knew the practical, but actually presenting was horrific. I absolutely hated speaking in front of people. And it it didn't matter how many times I did it at university, it never got better. And dad put me on a, a training course to for presentation skills, you know, so I could get better at it. But you still have to believe in yourself, you know, and have that self-confidence to do it. And um, dad was actually taken into hospital and had to get a pacemaker fitted and he couldn't do this training course. So it was, Claire, you'll be fine, you can do it. I know you can. And I was I don't know, I can. And I was still having self-doubt and uh, he's like, you'll be absolutely fine. We've had to reschedule this course three times already because of the snow. It was, um, the course was to be delivered overseas and uh, flights had been canceled. So um, I spoke to the client and said, is it okay if I do the course instead of Mike? And they said, yes, of course. And that was it. Next thing I knew, I was on a plane and um, I was delivering this course in a foreign country. And I think for me, that was the pivotal moment that um, I could do this. And um, my dad believed in me and, uh, and I delivered the course well. I was invited back as well to do more training. And um, and I think that was probably a pivotal moment in my career, um, to believe in myself, I think was, for me, uh, a game-changer.
0: That's a, a great lesson, actually. Self-doubt is so common, yeah. you know, yeah. many, many of us suffer from self-doubt. So what, what would be your advice to someone in, in that position that you were in? What would you say to them now? I
1: think you need to ask yourself why you're doubting yourself. Um, so for me, it was because I hadn't done it before and I wasn't very certain of new situations. Now I don't have that problem. I probably have way too much confidence now in that kind of situation. But for, I, I think you need to ask yourself, why are you doubting yourself? And then list the reasons that you know you can do this and why you shouldn't have that self-doubt and you know even if it's a pros and cons list you know your pros will always be more than your cons list and that should start to erode away your self-doubt and practice until you're happy in yourself and I think you just sometimes you just need to bite that bullet and do it and getting over that initial hurdle and uh, you realize that actually i absolutely
0: can do this is um, it makes all the difference as i would tell my clients you know the you know, you step out of your comfort zone that's when it expands yeah so it's less yeah. it's less uncomfortable next time when you when you've done that and when you've managed yeah. to deliver the course or whatever it is yeah, yeah. couldn't agree more branda well said yeah definitely and as uh, as business owners, uh, entrepreneurs, there's always an opportunity to expand our comfort zone. I think
1: definitely, yeah. We've added a few new services and courses and things, and you know, launching that new service or new course is always oh, is this going to work? Is it not? Is it going to be well accepted? Or people going to laugh at you? And you, you just have to take the plunge and go for it, and um, and believe in yourself, and your company, and your brand. So. So, yeah,
0: and I assume you've done the research. You're prepared.
1: Exactly. Yes, you've done the planning. So uh, absolutely yes.
0: So um, in in terms of this uh, revolution that I'm trying to create here with the 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 number the the statistics around uh, women in business, mm-hmm. what do you think that we can do to make to make a change? Wow, that is a good
1: question, and I wish I had time to prepare an answer for that one. What can we do to make a change? I guess we hate everything, comes back to planning for me. Um, I was actually really shocked when you told me those statistics, Brenda, and that was it one in three women? Yeah, uh, only one in three entrepreneurs are women. That was really surprising to me because, I mean, I think of Michelle Moon and JK Rowling and, you know, we are all successful. And th- those were the, the first people that come to my mind when I think of entrepreneurs and then perhaps Richard Branson maybe pops in. So, you know, my numbers are the opposite way around, but, um, so yeah, for me, it's planning, maybe we need to plan better. Maybe we need to research better. I, I don't know. I really, I genuinely don't have an answer to that question just now.
0: I'm sorry for sorry for putting you on the spot. To you, it's not significant gender in terms of of being in business. I think that that's the attitude that I'm hoping is going to become the norm. You know, I have I have two teenage daughters and a teenage son, and I would like to think that this that they don't see a difference between the genders, and that um, success is is there, and entrepreneurship's a, a route that any any of them can take yeah, yeah. which probably wasn't the case when when i was their age and perhaps yourself as uh, as the daughter of an entrepreneur it it was just a normal a natural progression for you so yeah yeah it's
1: i mean i, I am so lucky with my dad he's he's like me he's very strong-minded and um you know he's he's a, a great role model for that kind of thing um and um, and yeah, I, I've just, I've never seen myself as being disadvantaged because I'm female and um, which I am extremely lucky to have that view. Um, I, I do know a lot of my friends think, oh, it's because I'm a woman, you know? And uh, I remember being told off, uh, I was shouted at by a bus driver um, because the bus driver just pulled out, no indicator, almost hit me and gave me a mouthful of abuse and being referred to as and blamed me because I was blonde and female he got a mouthful of abuse back
0: (laughs) I'm glad to hear it yeah
1: I wasn't taking that and um that's the first time I was ever told you know it's uh, I was at a disadvantage because I was female and I didn't buy it then and I still don't buy it now but I'm headstrong and stubborn so um that's definitely
0: worked in my my benefit most of the time that's great I'm just I'm in my head now, I'm putting together the the title for this podcast and it's something along the lines of I won't be told that I'm at, dis, at a disadvantage because I'm female. So um, I'm loving that. <laughs> a really good message to uh, to put out there, Claire. Thank you. <laughs> the, the last question that I ask is um, one that I learned from the amazing Michael Heppel. He said, is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't asked?
1: Yeah, maybe something like, is it good to be an entrepreneur? Or do I enjoy running a business? Are there pros and cons? Which I mean, you probably know yourself running your own business, Branda, because I I do find that I find it very difficult to back off myself. I mean, I always give Dad a, a hard time to you know it was like back off, back off, go away, you know, and take a day off. And now I find that I'm telling myself the same thing. You know, it's i always try and lead by example when i'm in the office you know and when uh, if anyone was ill they came in ill it's like no go home go home immediately you know i don't want anyone with that cold coming in here and get up get away you know and uh, and yet i would do the complete opposite come in full of the cold and give it to everyone you know so it's um trying to take time off and step away from the laptop you know at a certain time especially now that we're working from home I think those are definitely drawbacks. It's it's one thing when you're trying to launch a business, but when you've got a, a business going and you can walk away, you don't have to answer that email at eight o'clock at night. It can wait until tomorrow. So I think knowing when to stop and walk away and pick up again the next day is um, even after all this time, I still haven't quite got that balance.
0: Yeah, that's that's so true. And so many people that I talk to actually can't can't let go and probably because it's their it's their baby. it's their business that you've got a lot more skin in the game than if it was your your job. That's it Yeah.
1: I think was it you're meant to take 28 days holiday a year or something. Last year was the first year I've managed to take um, more than I think 15 I took 17 days holiday last year, which is the most I've done in years so um, I was a little bit proud of myself. but uh, but yeah, that's still not enough. And especially when you're on call all the time as I am. So um, you need to take a break to, and give yourself a break, I think is um, probably a key
0: point too. That's great. So is that is that the, the key takeaway then, Claire? That, um... I think so, yeah. I think two things. If you
1: fail to plan, you plan to fail and give yourself a break. Those would be my my two two
0: key things, I suppose, from this. That's fantastic. A great, great message to anyone in business of any gender. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your your time, Claire. I've, I've really enjoyed chatting with you again today. And Thanks, Brenda. Th- thank you so much. Well, thank you for asking me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneurs show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And please join our Facebook community at Scale Her Up. Please connect with me, Brenda Hector on social media and drop me a message to let me know you're enjoying the podcasts or even better pop a wee review on iTunes. I'm gonna finish by reminding you only one in three UK entrepreneurs are female and men are five times more likely to scale their business to over 1 million in turnover than women. If we started and scaled our businesses to the same extent as men, it would add 250 billion to the UK economy and provide millions of jobs. Ladies, you can do it and we're going to make a massive difference.